Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. In a current documentary film, here's what one person had to say after meeting the notorious Roy Cohn decades ago. It became clear to me right away that my stereotyping of Roy was inadequate. To call him evil, it's true, but it doesn't explain a hundred other things about Roy Cohn. If you encountered Cohn, it seems, you had to think about it. Because a character like Cohn doesn't come along all that often. Prosecutor, fixer, red baiter, AIDS denier, gay denier. He rose to prominence as a very young lawyer, fiercely prosecuting Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, then executed for conspiracy to commit espionage. These days, he may be even better known for his mentorship of Donald Trump, to whom he passed along his code. Not a moral code, exactly. Kind of an amoral code. Always attack, never apologize. Cohn knew how to destroy lives without blinking. Capturing Roy Cohn on stage, screen, in books, and the nature and the impact of his evil has become a fascination since his death from AIDS, followed by a secret funeral in 1986, and even before that. Mr. Cohn, what is the exact number of communists or subversives that are loose today in these defense plans? He can be seen mostly in the background the during the Army McCarthy hearings yeah, in the early 50s, revealed by director Emile D'Antonio, without talking heads, without any commentary, in the film Point of Order from 1964. Cohn, having graduated from Columbia Law at 20, was now 27, and the counsel to Senator Joseph McCarthy, whispering intently into the senator's ear and occasionally speaking. I have no counsel here. Roy Cohn is here speaking for Roy Cohn to give the facts. I have no counsel, and I feel the need of none. Those hearings did not end well for Cohn or McCarthy, but Cohn bounced right back into private practice. Roy Cohn's contempt for people, his contempt for the law, was so evident on his face that you knew you were in the presence of evil. He's the subject of a more recent documentary. He was like a caged animal. If you opened the door, he would come out and get you. With plenty of Cone stories told with nothing but commentary, the film Where's My Roy Cone is Matt Turnour's kind of primer on Cone's history of maneuvers and string pulling. When you look at Cone's life, you're shining a light on demagoguery, hypocrisy, and the darkest parts of the American psyche. That's part of the film's trailer, which represents it well. A different style again from the current film Bully Coward Victim, a documentary by Ivy Maripol. It begins with a clip of Ivy herself as a young girl, reviewing some facts she knew, even then. This is my grandfather, Julius Rosenberg, and this is Julius and Ethel Rosenberg together. My father and my uncle so, yes, the filmmaker is the granddaughter of the Rosenbergs. When they were electrocuted. Their trial and execution, having made Cohn's name decades before. Her look at Cohn and his career is deeply colored by family history. They were accused of stealing the atom bomb secret. People started thinking... But over the last several decades, the presence that was Cohn has also been the subject of creative reimaginings. Cohn inspired characters played by actors tearing through their lines. If anybody over there knows who the Reds and the Pinkos are, 
It'd be you. Citizen Cone, a Frank Pearson television film suggested by Nicholas von Hoffman's 1988 book, stars James Woods. If I ever thought that my father would disloyal to this country that we both love, I'd his name on the list myself. I'd be the first one to put him in a witness chair and tear him to pieces. In vignettes of Cone's saga from superstardom to disbarment and beyond. And, most famously, in Tony Kushner's Angels in America, our Roy becomes a character of some complexity. The role was originated on stage by the late Ron Liebman, whom I interviewed at the time, about the whole idea of playing Cone, who was, in addition to everything else, gay and homophobic, Jewish and anti-Semitic. How does an actor take that on? I didn't want to at first because I despised him politically, I couldn't bear that he was self-hating on so many levels of of his life. His father had been a a rather liberal Bronx court judge. What happened to dear Roy, I don't know. (laughs) And yet I was being asked to play him. A letter from the New York State Bar Association, Martin. They're going to try and disbar Since he was in a major denial most of his life about his sexuality... I had to confront my own major denials in order to portray that depth of denial. And I was also going to have to confront a lot of self-hatred. So Liebman did all that, used all the internal tricks he could think of. But there was something missing. There was something missing. And I went back and I watched, which I didn't want to do, because I didn't want to imitate. But he had this this voice. He had this sort of uh, Bronx, that very kind of... uh, my name is Roy Marcus. I have liver cancer. And I'm from the Bronx. <laughs> and that was his breakthrough in capturing Cohn. Roy Marcus Cohn, you are a... Go on, Henry, it starts with an H. You're not going with an H, Henry, and it isn't hemophilia. There's something about that that just moved me. Say, Roy Cohn, you are a homosexual. Maybe it was that mask that helped me free some of the stuff some of it was so painful that if I said it like myself, maybe I wouldn't have have been able to get it out. That part became a star turn for actors spitting out incredible lines on stage in Angels. Al Pacino in Mike Nichols' television adaptation of the play. This is politics, Joe. This is the game of being alive. And, and, And you think you're what? You think you're above that? Above alive is what? Dead. In the clouds. Nathan Lane, more recently on stage, has come. If it wasn't for me, Joe, Ethel Rosenberg would be alive today. I would have f- pulled the switch if they'd have let me. We dig into this history, both real and sometimes embellished, maybe because we're a little lost. And all the variety these cone creations offer, they've helped us discover and untangle his history of misdeeds. Especially lately, as Roy Cohn and his protege in the White House have succeeded in telling us so much about each other. It's Fishko Files. I'm Sarah Fishko. Mm-hmm.